Hey everybody, welcome once again to the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. Today we're going to talk about SmackDown Live for April 25th, 2017. Joined as always by Wrestling Inc.'s own Raj Geary. And we got Dennis Farrell back with us as a guest to talk about the show. Uh, Raj, how's it going, man? Good, man. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Back from Vegas, I can see Dennis, I believe, is still there and uh, at the National Association of Broadcasters Convention. And uh, yeah, watched SmackDown last night on the way back. Interesting show. I have not caught Raw this week, so uh, I'll be curious to hear how it uh, how it compares. But Raj, give me your, your top-level view of SmackDown last night and what you thought of the show. Um, You know, I, I, I didn't think much of it. I thought it was another... Uh, I thought this week's TV between Raw and SmackDown uh, were the poorest in a while. And, uh, you know, it was cool seeing Nakamura, but I thought that opening segment was just weak. I felt like he was, you know, getting less over as the segment went on until the very end. Um, so, yeah, and, and, you know, Breezango and Jinder Mahal and title matches at the next pay-per-view. Uh, I just thought it was kind of a, I, I, not necessarily bad, just kind of a weak, a weak, not much to rave about show. It is interesting, this direction that they're going in right now. Um, what did you think, Dennis, of last night's show? I, I thought it was a little bit better than week. I didn't hate it. It had its ups and downs. I liked the fact that it was starting to progress storylines more so than Raw because it's being handcuffed by this pay-per-view. So I, I give it a little bit better grade than Raj, but, I, I you know, the Nakamura, he's right. It was just something lacking. Maybe, you know, I'm starting to think that maybe this isn't the right feud for him right out the bat because both guys are just not exciting me right now. I just, I just think maybe the main roster isn't right for him if they're going to treat him this way. Um, so let's talk about that opening segment. I, I'll just get this out of the way. I think this is the worst thing I've seen on WWE uh, television since the old day segment last year, uh, which still is probably worse than this. The old day segment was more painful, but this was pretty bad with Nakamura and Dolph Ziggler. Um Nakamura is being interviewed by Renee Young. Dolph Ziggler comes out and interrupts, then proceeds to uh, do this fake interview with Nakamura. And at first I was like, okay, this is how they're going to get around having Nakamura talk. But then Ziggler gets into this long Michael Jackson comparison. Well, not Michael Jackson comparison, calling Nakamura Michael Jackson. And I was just thinking in my head, I was like, Vince McMahon wrote this. This is a terrible Vince McMahon idea we're watching happen right in front of our eyes. And it, it was just painful. The whole thing was just was so bad. It yeah, I thought it was I thought it was awful. I thought it was the worst way you could introduce this guy who's supposed to be a top star. Um, in the worst way, with uh, um, in the sense that uh, it was a long comedy comedy segment that didn't go anywhere for a long time before Nakamura finally did this thing. And even when Nakamura started cutting his promo, I mean, the fans were giving him the what treatment already. Uh, so I mean, that's. It's the first sign that the segment didn't work. And, you know, luckily he turned it around. But, um, yeah, I thought – I wouldn't say it was the worst segment. It probably, to your point, probably the worst segment involving someone who's supposed to be a top star in a, in a long time, for sure. Yeah, it was very and weird. That Michael Jackson thing just would not – I mean, when he made the joke, I thought it would stop there when he's like, oh, his name is Michael and he's got five brothers. And then he just kept going and going. <laughs> and then calling him the artist uh, – you yeah, know, the which Prince they do with Prince. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I thought it was just I thought it was just a bad way to introduce him. I mean, think about how hot he got in NXT. He did a couple of video things, had a hot match with Sami Zayn, and he was just off to the races. I mean, they could easily use that same sort of format. It doesn't have to be Sami Zayn, 
or he could be Ziggler, but just doing it that way with a couple of yeah. video spots here and there. And then you do the match, have a hot match and, and you're off to the races with the top guy. It, you know what else I noticed without anybody there, the yes and for Ziggler, he fell a little flat too with his promo. Oh, yeah. Ziggler sucked in his promo. I thought yeah. this was terrible. Uh, but you know, again, I think that had more to do with the material. I don't think anyone could have made that material work. Yeah, it was bad. I mean, props to Ziegler for at least committing to it and trying it. Uh, but it was it was awful. Uh, he has no choice. Yeah, <laughs> I like he gave a shout out to his movie Countdown, WWE Studios on Netflix. I was and that that was it was during that line where I was like Vin, Vince McMahon. This is all Vince McMahon, or this is the worst member of creative. Uh, I mean, and this is bad. I know it's hard to put together a TV show every week, especially when you're doing you know multiple ones like the WWE is. But it, it shouldn't be that hard segment, when you got thirty yeah. writers. But and an opening segment. This was the opening segment. The said thing they said. Hey, let's start with this. Uh, and where were they in Iowa last night? Um, which was interesting. I mean, I I don't know why somebody thought this was a good idea, and it was just uh, if if I were a casual fan watching this, I would I would have changed the channel. I would have been like, you know what? I'll check back in a couple of years. The you know what's becoming clear to me is if they not. want to put Nakamura, it's clear that they want to put Nakamura in these promo yeah. segments. And if you do that, I think he's going to need a manager or a mouthpiece because you know he 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 can do you know a minute or two promo, but that's about it. And this is the only thing I'm going to say about that. Look, I understand he's working on his language. He's been working on it in NXT. It worked in NXT. But if you're already, it seems like he's having trouble with some of uh, the phrasing and the words. Like, why have the mouth guard in additionally to that if he's not doing a full-on match? I just think that's setting him up with another impediment, you know? Well, I think, and I think... When when you don't when when English is not your first language, you can still be very an, a very effective talker. Just give him badass lines to say. Don't yeah, have totally. him doing comedy. You know, they don't have him doing these comedy cheesy lines that wouldn't work with almost anybody else. Uh, and uh, you expect it to work with him. <sighs> it was such it was such a bad segment. Of course, it ended in uh, you know Nakamura taking a shot at Ziggler. This is going to keep going on, folks, till backlash. Strap in. We got a couple more weeks of uh, this feud. <laughs> it should be a good match. Sure. But... It should be a good match. Will you still be interested in it by the time it actually happens? This is right now shaping up to be the least, uh, my least anticipated pay-per-view uh, that I can remember. It's kind of nuts. And we'll get, we'll get into more of the reasons why. Just SmackDown is, is crazy town right now uh, with what's going on there. And in some ways, I dig it. But, man, this segment was uh, was bad, bad, bad. Okay, so they followed that up with AJ Styles versus Baron Corbin. Um, yeah. Dennis, what were your thoughts on this, on this match and how it's progressing? Second week in a row, we go from main event to the first match of the night. It was all there to set up the Kevin Owens thing. We all know that. I think it yeah. went on a few minutes too long. I would love to have seen maybe just an interview segment or or something else between the Lone Wolf and AJ to just kind of do something different. But two two weeks in a row, I don't know if this helped Baron Corbin at all. Well, I mean, they're, they're, right now the build is for uh, AJ and Kevin Owens. And, and you know, uh, Baron Corbin is in a – feud with Sammy. So I, I think it made sense for AJ to go over here. Um, I actually thought this was the best thing on the show. Um, really? 
Yeah. Wow. And, it, I, it, and that being said, I didn't think it was that good. It was, <laughs> it was, you know, for AJ match, I thought it was uh, above average. I thought the match was fine. Owens on commentary. You know what I feel like? I feel like they took a good SmackDown writer and sent him to Raw, and then in return, they took Raw's worst writer and sent him over to SmackDown. I mean, yeah. like, listening to even what Owens was saying last night, I was like, dear God. And by the way, did anyone else notice last night that JBL was, like, this was best behavior, most magnanimous JBL? Like, it was very weird how he seemed neutered last night. The whole thing just was their banter, their back and forth was so awkward. Um, to me, the, the, the commentary usually enhances these matches, especially when you have Owens on commentary. I mean, KO is awesome on the mic, but I was like, man, I would rather just watch this match without yeah. uh, all this talking going on. I think they're, they're doing this anti-American thing like, uh, twice on the same show with two different yeah. guys. And with Owens, you don't need it at all. He's no, already established. He's already been world champ. It, it just, it just brings him down. Just have him be serious. Have him talk about how he's the best wrestler in the company. He's tired of people saying AJ Styles is. He's going to prove it. Uh, he's wanted AJ Styles for a while just to you know shut everyone up. And that's all you need. And that makes it real uh, and a, a more realistic uh, issue that people could get their hands, you know, that people could get into as opposed to I'm um, the face of America and, and this nonsense that nobody really believes. That was the part when he was like, and you know what's going to have, you know what's going to be trending after my match? The face of America. And it's just like, dude, like it was so bad. Yeah. Um, so, okay, the end. Owens jumps in. Owens and Corbin. I like that moment. I like Owens and Corbin looking at each other, looking at AJ and saying, sure, let's beat him up. That was kind of cool. Um, Sami Zayn ran out, got involved. But even then, so are we going to get Sammy and Corbin as a bit of a placeholder coming up? Is, is that where you yeah. guys going? I mean, they don't have anything else for them. I, I think it's a good. I think it's a good yeah. thing. That's very like NXT. Which today they? I don't yeah. know if you saw that, but Baron Corbin is suspended for a week. For what? It's a storyline. Shane McMahon oh. tweeted it for. I, 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 I'm talking smack. He attacked. Oh yeah, that's right. I saw that last night. Mm -hmm. But did he? Did he touch an official? I don't remember seeing that. But <laughs> apparently, that's what they said. He was fined and suspended for one week for touching an official so we'll see we'll see how true that is is he going to be at this weekend's live events oh and, um, yeah uh, well and we'll does if, if it's effective immediately that would mean that he's off of next tuesday's smackdown live too yeah um talking smack last night for me that was sort of a dream lineup except for the fact jbl was co-hosting i was like man brazongo Sami Zayn, becky lynch i was like this is perfect everyone i want to see them talking to except jbl was the co-host of only really Game when i saw that lineup i was like man this is skippable it, it was weird. Did you watch it? I did, and it, I got yeah. nothing out of it. I, again, I love JBL. You could tell JBL knows that he's just like I really gotta. He at one point, his piece of yeah, keys. and it's 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 actually interesting to watch. It, it reminds me, I made the comparison before, but it's very much uh, like an episode of The Office, and it's like watching Michael Scott. Uh, what was in the sexual harassment thing? Like he's just in there trying. Trying so hard to keep uh, it together. I thought he was being more of a heel on Talking Smack than on SmackDown. On Talking Smack, definitely. But even with that, he was talking about cheating on tests. Right. Like, yeah. That was it. He was doing the old 80s, like Jesse Ventura stuff. Yeah. But you could see even Tyler Breeze up there. I don't know. I felt like even with Byron Saxton last night, Byron Saxton was set, like setting it up. You could tell JBL wanted to say something, and JBL just stand there and smile. It was fantastic. That was perhaps uh, one of the best parts last night. But I did think that, you know, uh, unless you guys can think of something else, this was the best thing on the show, right? Um, 
actually, well, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get into this. <laughs> okay, so after that Beat the Clock Challenge, round okay. one. So, Raj, you want to tell people what the Beat the Clock Challenge is? <laughs> uh, yeah, so you got two matches. Whoever scores the fa- gets the win the fastest amount of time wins. So it's a, it's a way for people to backdoor into title shots, which is exactly what happened here. You did, and they did the whole Jinder Mahal thing uh, this week with Breezango. So, yeah, uh, you so thought the tag the tag team uh, situation on SmackDown was bad before. It's and it's just face planning now. Okay, so and again, clock, yeah. Oh, go go ahead. I was gonna say so. American Alpha versus the Colognes. Yeah, fifty fifty. American Alpha gets their win back. A five-minute match. So the clones look strong. Five minutes, 17 seconds. Uh, this was not a blowout by any means. It's, at many points, it seemed like it could go either way. Um, God, American Alpha, I mean, they're just becoming workers, you know? And uh, they're good. I mean, they put on a solid match, but this is a far cry from the momentum they had on NXT. Yeah. They're, they're, they're just another team right now. They're up at a higher level up than the Ascension and Breezango, but uh, they're they're not anywhere near what people were hoping for last year. And no storylines. So I know there's been some backstage stuff on WWE.com, but what a missed opportunity to talk about this team that drafted up to SmackDown Live, got the titles, lost the titles, and now is on the comeback. There actually is kind of a story to tell, but the WWE ain't telling it. Yeah. Kind of surprising. Um so American Alpha did win this match at 5 minutes, 17 seconds. Uh, we will talk about what happens with the Ascension and Brazongo in a minute. But first, let's talk about this Rusev promo. Uh, Rusev sent something in from backstage. I thought the production of this was interesting. I mean, it looked like Matt Morgan uh, Google Hangouting into the podcast. thought it was interesting that they were like, okay, we're just going to you know, just have Rusev shoot it on, on a laptop, man. I mean, this is television people. Get a yeah, cameraman back. But I, I liked it. It, uh, I, it showed that he didn't care enough to have the WWE cameras show up at his house. He's just giving a quick message. And, and it's a way to keep him alive as he's you know, recovering from, from surgery. So Yeah. Um, demanding. Demanding a title match of Money in the Bank. I think that's great. I, I think putting him in that picture, even though he's been kind of uh, doing nothing since, uh, since the fall, uh, as far as in you know in the title picture, I think it's I think it's great. Yeah, I was really excited. I, oh, when that popped up, when that popped up, I was really excited because I'm a big Rusev fan, and I think the move to SmackDown is going to help him more than probably anybody else in the draft. And the fact that you know he's just not off TV now, he's doing these promos. I hope they continue him, but just maybe evolve him a little more as they go, so they don't get stale really quick. Yeah, I, it's like I said last week. I just feel like right now SmackDown feels like they have very few stars. It just feels like a lot of uh, a lot of enhancement talent. And once Rusev, once you get Rusev in the New Day and Nakamura really in the thick of things in wrestling, uh, you know, I think that that'll that'll change quick. But uh, man, they're you know, last this last Monday's Raw was the second lowest, uh, second least watched of the year. Uh, last week, SmackDown was the second least watched of the year. Uh, this week is, I think, is probably going to be the least watched episode. Um, and it's just taking that WrestleMania momentum and instead of doing something interesting and pushing the right talent to get people excited and tuning in, people are tuning out. 
So they tune in the night after WrestleMania. They tune in the next week with the Superstar Shakeup, and then just that was it. They they haven't been able to sustain it, and and they, it's a lost opportunity. And they do this every. They've been doing this every year for like ten years. Whereas before, um, you look at when Steve Austin won the title. You know, it wasn't like then they put him in a feud with Bart Gunn or something like that. You know, they they really made things interesting after that and and caught fire and it 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 just took off. And that summer was one of the hottest that they've ever had. And uh, it, they just keep losing that, dropping that chance. Especially the superstar shakeup. I mean, they got the ratings pop with that. I mean, I don't know. I, I was excited. I think back. Just even two weeks ago, I altered travel plans to like be back to watch Raw because I was like, man, Superstar Shakeup. I really like I cut a vacation short because I was so excited for that. And I felt like that delivered on the excitement. And now it is just nosedive. You could have done some interesting storylines. You could. Have, and, and again, this isn't anything against gender. I think you could push him, but not to the straight to the top when he was jobbing the week when he was a jobber literally the week before yeah. uh, and before getting a world title shot. Same as Brizongo. <laughs> same as Brizongo. Um, you know, build these stars organically and make it hot. You know, it's, you know, you got Kevin Owens right there. Uh, make it a title versus title feud, or you know, just something to sustain that interest, that moment, that momentum you're getting off of WrestleMania. Okay, so we're gonna keep talking about Jobber City in a moment, which is uh, SmackDown. Just uh, something else. First, I want to take a moment to thank the sponsor of this episode, DDPY, DDP Yoga. You've heard us talk about them, specifically their awesome Max Pack, which is used by the likes of Chris Jericho, AJ Styles, Mick Foley, Goldust, Scott Hall, Jake the Snake. The names go on and on. They love using DDPY to get in better shape, to take control of their health, to take control of their lives. And for a limited time, we've got a deal for you. You can get the DDP Yoga Now app for 25% off. That's got the DDPY, DDPY workouts on demand available to stream. It's got DDP's healthy cooking lessons. It's got Monday motivational messages from Diamond Dallas Page himself to keep you on track. You can get that app, 25% off full access, or you can get the DDPY DVDs for 25% off, and that includes three months of full access to the DDP Yoga Now app. Also got a deal for you where you can buy a max or combo pack of 25% off, get 50% off the second one. First, talk about it. First, talk about how people have turned around their lives lost incredible amounts of weight, improve their flexibility, improve their their uh, vitality with DDPY. I see the success stories all the time on Reddit, people talking about, you know what, I got it, I dropped a ton of weight, I'm in the best shape of my life. You've seen the superstars who have used this. You watch the Jake the Snake documentary, that guy turned his life around, largely in part due to DDPY, and we want you to try it out now. Take advantage of our offer. Go to ddpyoga.com slash wrestlinginc. That's ddpyoga.com slash wrestlinginc, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast um okay randy or oh uh, actually let's, let's talk about this backstage becky lynch talking about charlotte explaining her complicated friendship rivalry with charlotte flair interrupted by uh, tamina natalia carmella and james ellsworth what do you think of this storyline that they're setting up raj people were saying there's some interesting shades of uh sting in the wcw here with what they're doing with becky um, I guess if they're building it to another three on three, uh, women's feud, I, you know, when, when Charlotte and Sasha and Becky first came in, they were doing, you know, the team PMB and, and, you know, what, what were the other ones team bad? And yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed like they evolved away from that. Yeah. You know, you know, and we're giving these women 
uh, real separate storylines. And so I'm just hoping this doesn't just clump them all together and it's just another three-on-three feud. Um, But that being said, I'm interested to see where it goes. I mean, it seems pretty obvious that Charlotte's turning babyface and Becky's probably going to be aligned with them sooner than later. Uh, But I just... uh, I just hope it's just doesn't lead to a bunch of three on three matches as opposed to maybe three separate matches and like this kind of uh, faction that's a wants Charlotte out and, you know, and this, this other group that, you know, is are, are aligned with her. Dennis, what did you think? And is Becky Lynch the sting of SmackDown Live? Well, I wouldn't be mad if she was, she has a look, she's, she's baby face. That would be kind of cool to kind of set that up with another flair type character. But I don't think the women's division is big enough for a stable yet. And I would love to see like one stable, even if you threw a couple, one big name and a couple semi names in there and and you had them feud against somebody who they don't think should be in the title. I was, I'm okay with it. There just needs to be a couple more women in that division to make it feel like you just didn't take half the women's division, put them in one group and go after one person. And I'm with Raj. I'm done with three on three matches. I like one on one. And you can still do that with a stable. And give Kamina some a couple matches and some wins, so we can, <laughs> you know, instead of just you're putting her in these storylines, and no one's seen her wrestle in in a year, you know. Right. Yeah, I will say this though: what a difference uh, subtle shifts make. Natalia with the darker eye makeup. I think the last night was the best look Natalia's had in a long time. She doesn't look like somebody's mom anymore. <laughs> I I, did, I I guess I didn't really notice. <laughs> oh well, they changed. Well, I mean, we talked about this before. Natalia, I was actually surprised. Natalia was one of the wrestlers. I was surprised. I was like, oh man, she's younger than I would think because she's always had that sort of older, more mature look. But I thought with the dark eye makeup and one, I thought she looked menacing last night. I thought they all. I thought they made the women look good with this stable that they're setting up. Uh, we'll talk more about their interference into the main event later in the show. Uh, no DQ match. Randy Orton versus Eric Rowan. You tired of this yet? Uh, Dennis, what did you think of uh, this matchup? Er, it, you know, er at best. It's, it, it was there. You know, Rowan needs to start evolving now. We knew there was no way Randy Orton was going to you know, lose this match. and It was just a buildup for the RKL out of nowhere. So, to me, it was all right. Long buildup, uh, Rosh. Uh, you guys know how I feel about this, where I get reamed for my anti-Wharton comments, but his promo was boring, the match was boring, but it was a placeholder. I want to know, if someone out there is a huge Randy Orton fan, specifically of the work he is doing right now, write something on the comments. I I, I want the defense of this, because I feel like I was saying on Twitter, I've said it before, Randy Orton doesn't seem particularly invested in what Randy Orton's doing. It's just kind of like... Unless Randy Orton's in the chat right now, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I just this is well, not. I do the best get people reaming me on Twitter saying, uh, yeah. uh, "How dare you rip on Randy Orton? He's a you know he's a surefire Hall of Famer." I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying everything he does right now is not interesting. Burning down Bray Wyatt's shack. That was good. I think that that was the high point uh-huh. um, for me. <laughs> But well, because you know what it was, he committed to it. It was absurd, but man, he was like he, like no pun intended. It lit a spark in him. He had a certain look to him where he was like, "Man, they're letting me do this." Okay, cool. Did it because right of so. the week after that, no one really cared about that match again, and that match had no heat at WrestleMania. Yeah, but the segment, the segment was good. Um, him getting if the segment was good. It would have carried over and, and I, made it a hot match. I don't know. Can anything get you interested in Bray Wyatt? 
and Randy Orton, or I mean, even with look, as long as Bray's just out there doing his jibber jabber, it's just kind of, I don't know, man. Like it's really got to be something different at this point. Bray needs to mix it up and turn babyface, and and so yeah. just comp- kind of really change his character because yeah, should be coming out like a southern preacher, like he's found God again. <laughs> I don't think he should wearing a change suit it that much. A spark, like a televangelist. That has got Vince McMahon written all over it. That is like a Vince McMahon character circa 1987. Make it happen. You can have Brother brother Love be his manager? Yes, absolutely. Oh, my God, the Wyatts in suits. Bruce Pritchard's with WCW, I mean, uh, WCW, Impact Wrestling. Yeah, that would, that would be fantastic. Um, okay, so, no D, look, I'm going to say this match was better than I thought it would be, the no DQ element of it. There were some good spots in there. Um it's just it's the matchup that I that I don't care for or that I think is kind of stale. I thought they did the best they could with it. Um, I'll say that much. And then afterwards, okay, so this for me was just great. I mean, in terms of sheer absurdity, Jinder Mahal comes in uh, with the Bollywood Boys, who I guess are not getting repackaged with a different name. Um, they beat down Randy Orton. Jinder cuts a promo, uh, starts speaking in Punjabi, like. They gave Jinder a lot of time here. Uh, Raj, so the story backstage is, I mean, Jinder's getting a push right now for them to try uh, to appeal to India more, correct? Uh, yeah, I think that I, that's definitely part of it. Um, yeah. Again, I think if he didn't have that physique, he wouldn't be getting the push. Uh, I think they'd be holding off until they found someone else, but I, I think they see an opportunity there. Look, I, I don't mind Jinder. I, I kind of I like him. I think he's got a cool look. Um, but the, the, this promo he's doing is something that's straight out of the 80s. Uh, compl- and, and I always think it looks bad in wrestling when you have someone uh, complaining about the crowd not liking them for who they are and the, you know for what they look like, and then the crowd is booing. And granted, he's saying it in a heel way, but for someone that's not familiar with the product, would be like, oh, yeah, wrestling fans, that's, that's what they're doing. They're booing this guy because he's a, he's a brown dude. Even though you know they cheer Mustafa Ali and Two Hundred Five Live, so um, I just think this 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 whole storyline is just so outdated, and um, yeah, I just I, I but I don't mind again. I don't mind if you want to push gender, just do it the right way. He should be in a feud with Sami Zayn if that's what you want to be doing. Get some, you know, Sami can try to get some good matches out of him if his work improves in the ring. Climb him up. You know, climb him up to the U.S. title level. If that improves, then put him in the world title level. And you can do it pretty fast. So, um, anyway. But uh, I thought this pro- the promo wasn't that great. But Jinder, he, he, he has a little bit of a presence to him. Yeah, so Dennis, what did you think of the promo itself? You know what? I, I have to disagree with Raj. The, what happened tonight from the beginning to the end, taking the belt, walking out, really made me forget he was a jobber a week ago or two weeks ago. Uh, he, he pulled it off. The suit, the different look, his, his two boys with him. I really like this from top to bottom. And, you know, this might be the start of the repackaging and, and, and building him up to a main eventer. I think this was an amazing first step. Um, I'll tell you, when he left with that title. And, I loved and the, it. That, that moment, him rolling away, holding up the title outside of the stretch uh, SUV. I thought that was just so absurd. It was fantastic um, to have him steal the title. We haven't had that in a while. And so, Raj, do you think this is how they get around not having the title on the line at Payback on Sunday because Ginger stole it? <laughs> well, they, they stopped promoting it as a title match uh, 
really on TV outside of the graphic, they I don't think they mentioned it since like in weeks that it was for the title because they didn't even they haven't addressed like what would happen if Bray Wyatt won it. Well, um, can't title can't be on the line now. Ginger's got the title. Yeah, I feel like yeah, at least say it's non-title so it it lets people know that Bray because I think people automatically assume that Bray can't win because he's on Raw. He's not taking and. I think people think it's a title match. So they're like, Bray's not taking the title to Raw. Uh, by saying it's a non-title match, all of a sudden it kind of opens it up. Like, oh, well, then Bray could win. And what's and, uh, with them making it part of hyping the House of Horrors match of Randy keeps saying, I don't even know what a House of Horrors match is. <sighs> it's just stupid. But, uh, you know, you could have gender cost Randy. You know, I almost think that might be the way to go, even though I hate champions losing uh, in non-title matches, especially if it's not building to a return match. But you could have gender cost... Uh, you know, the cost Orton this match, since you don't know what it is, it could be something like he's buried under something. And, you know, since there, it doesn't say it has to be won by, by pinfall. And, uh, yeah. And just leads to that, I guess. I don't know what they're doing with gender. Um, I'm on board with it. Certainly I'm more invested in what gender's got going on than what Randy's doing these days. Yeah, I'm more I'm more I'm more entertained by gender than Randy Orton. But um and, and they did call them this the Bollywood boys the Singh brothers later. So yeah. um it's, and, you know, uh, I'm sorry. So I think they gotta figure out once and for all and do a couple promos so people know who these guys are. Yeah. Uh right now they're really just playing heavily off the other uh factor. Right. Um that being said, you know, I talked about this on Twitter and what Jinder has done and the reason why I think Jinder really deserves a push, forget the India market. I mean, really with his body and pushing himself, this is that brass ring that he went for as a jobber. I mean, the one thing he had control over was his look and his physique and he just maxed it out. And I think that impressed a lot of people higher up. The problem is with Jinder right now is he's in a program with Randy Orton. And if Orton doesn't like you for any reason, if you mess up in that match, you remember when Kofi Kingston was getting that push <laughs> and he like got up too fast mm-hmm. uh, be- before taking an RKO. And then all of a sudden he was in Jobberland after that when it looked like he was, you know, getting to that main event level. And that sounds like that sounds like ages ago, but it really happened. Kofi was yeah. getting to that main event level and then Orton just kind of shut him down something fierce. So it's not like he's working with CM Punk or Daniel Bryan who will try to work with you and help you improve. And I'm not saying Orton doesn't do that at all, but he's got a short few. So if something doesn't go wrong, uh, you could end up going the other way quick. And I, I, I don't think they want to do that because of the Indian market, because they are getting a lot of, you know, this gender thing. Look, they're getting, they're getting a lot more um, talk out of it than oh, yeah. other pushes they've done. I mean, this is one of the biggest jobber to world title pushes that they've ever done that i can think of oh i think the uh, one we're about to talk about next might even well i have for a world title you know <laughs> for the world for the wwe championship yes absolutely uh, okay so we had uh another lana promo uh splitting her and rusev up saw some stuff what was it nxt house event she was wrestling at so she was at dancing with scarves um so i saw some video online of that so soon yeah. We're going to get to see uh, what this dancing gimmick is all about. Um, after that second part of the Beat the Clock Challenge, the Ascension versus Brazongo. So, Raj, I know you've got some strong feelings about this. Uh, Dennis, I'll go with you first. When you saw that their time to beat was five minutes and 17 seconds, 
how did you think this was going to go? Did you think we were just going to have an exceptionally long Brazongo Ascension match? Or did you think it was really going to happen like this? I could not have imagined that they beat them in five minutes. I thought you'd have two jobbers. It'd go, you know, you'd have, you hear the buzzer, the end of the match, and they both they just kind of all leave. And that's how it would end. Never in a million years would I think Brazongo could pin anybody in under five minutes. Hmm. On the Rush. Ascension. <laughs> Here's the but thing. I think, still, it's I, think all, I think all four of these guys have potential. I think if the Ascension, if you got rid of the stupid face paint, repackaged them. Um, I mean, they've been put in that spot for so long, though. It's, it's, it will be difficult. But, um, you know, if you may probably broke them off. And, say, you know, same thing with Brizongo. If you got them away from the comedy, this is going to sound weird, but grow a little chest hair, look a little more manly, you know, as opposed to like, uh, you know, teenage kids uh, that are doing the same pretty boy gimmick that's been done in wrestling, since, you know, forever. Um, and get more of an edge. I think they could be something. Um, but with this cheesy comedy gimmick that they're doing, man, it's, it, and, and then them winning. Look, on the post-WrestleMania show, if I said the next SmackDown pay-per-view is going to have Jinder Mahal in the world title match and Brizongo in the world tag team title match, what would you think? What would go through your head? I would just, Family I would, time. Yeah. <laughs> you would say like WWE, someone needs to you know have an intervention with WWE if that's their plan for the next SmackDown pay-per-view. But that's that's yeah. where we're headed. I'd be like, and is it going to be Sammy Owens, uh, Sammy Sammy Zayn versus Kevin Owens in the main event? If so, this is like Christmas and my birthday rolled into one. It's fantastic. Um, but no, it's uh, a shocking development to say the least. However, you know the thing I thought about last night, and I know I've cited this match before: Battleground Pay Per View, The Usos versus Brazongo was uh, one of the best pre-show matches I think the WWE had last year. Like it was legitimately. Really good match. It's it's not yeah, but it's not their ability at all. Yeah. It's their, uh, it's this opening match gimmick that they have. Yeah, and if if they can drop that, uh, but you know, really, this is all. Of this is kind of is a placeholder until the new day get there. So, yeah, it hasn't, I, um... I, I I still think the Colognes would have been a better choice. You already got them to win over American Alpha. Yeah, uh, I think there you could take them a little more seriously than Brendan Breezango, but Tyler Breeze never had a belt. Just saying. <laughs> Did Fandango? Uh, I don't think he, not into my recollection. No, he was I'm scheduled guessing. to, and then he got that concussion. I'm just saying this. Fandango uh, has a win over Chris Jericho at WrestleMania. That's yeah, it's crazy See, to think about. Now. You know what comment I saw on Reddit last night? This will tell you where the IWC is at with this. Um, it's similar to what I saw with uh, the Slater Rhino. Thing, you know, I think that people that watch a lot of wrestling and feel frustrated on behalf of these guys that are talented like to see when the jobbers get their chance. And I think you're seeing that with Jinder. You're seeing that with Prezongo. I saw multiple, like a dozen plus comments on uh, Reddit last night. People saying, hey, you know what? I wasn't going to go. I'm getting a ticket to Backlash. I want to be there when these guys are wrestling live um, just because it's so like such a wonderful absurdity to the fact that these guys are getting a title shot. And I think that a lot of the internet fans are going to embrace that. We'll see. I mean, they don't get the, they don't get the reaction on TV. Yeah. But TV's a little different though. 
Um, yeah, just... TV's different than the hardcore is because uh, TV, they're the one that are paying the money for it. But Chicago, though, man, in Chicago, this is going to be, I don't know. Like, I it's... bet you they will not, they, they will get a mild pop at best. I think, uh. I think here, okay, so Chicago, right? We know that's going to be the, the town with just the most obnoxious CM Punk chance. I mean, they're a rowdy crowd even before that, right? So I think those fans are going to see Brazongo and Jinder Mahal as rooting for them as the vessel for venting all of their frustrations with the WWE. I bet they will be chanting CM Punk so loud during the <laughs> Orton versus Jinder Mahal match, and that will be their vessel for you know, <laughs> venting against WWE. Maybe. Maybe. You know, I, I just want to jump in and say this. I really felt like if they would have – Give it, gave it another month, and I know they couldn't because they're just trying, you know, placeholders. But if Jinder Mahal were to have won the the championship, and then the month later Breezango, you know, does this, it, I felt like it would have had more impact. Like, look, these guys are now doing it. I, I don't know if you're handcuffing yourself for the specialness when you have them both one week apart being elevated. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah, I, I, I didn't, I didn't quite follow. What's that? It's it's too uh, too too much too soon in the same category. It's yeah. like yeah, yeah, jobbers being elevated. Right. Um. Although it kind of makes sense though, right? Because now that I'm thinking about it, I could see someone in creative making a case to Vince, saying, "Hey, look at how with Naomi, us putting the belt on her. She came back. She did the better entrance. People were really rooting for her. And when we gave her the title." You know, she got the you deserve a chance. People like seeing the the guys and girls that have been here a long time. But she was never pegged as a joke. No, not as a joke, but she certainly wasn't. I mean, if I would have told you a year ago, Naomi's going to be the champion. She was supposed to be. She was supposed to be at WrestleMania, what, two years ago. But then Mm. she got injured and and it it was changed. But, I mean, she's always been near that level. She's not a joke. Brizango has been a joke. Like, and even when you saw them win last night, you look at the faces on the crowds most of it's like hmm this is what i'm watching <laughs> oh. i liked uh on talking smack that fandango is now like almost channeling some of chet cheddarson uh is uh south park regional wrestling character doing like the all the the mumbly the whispery thing i thought that was cute um but yeah i think uh they're I'm talking smack. It seems like they're almost ill-prepared to have this attention on them again. I think that they need to do a little workshopping with their characters, just if they're going to really be in this this picture for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like it even caught them off guard. Um, so, yeah, Backlash. Brazongo versus the Usos for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team titles. We'll see how that goes. Um, okay, SmackDown Women's title match. Speaking of Naomi, Naomi versus Charlotte Flair. So pre-interruption in this match, Dennis, what did you think of the show these two put on? You know, I liked it. Uh, this this was a general, genuine main event for the SmackDown card. Uh, the SmackDown was all right. Jinder Mahal, to me, was the best part up until this point, and I, I really liked it. it my, only, my only complaint, the women's division needs a few more women, and this would have just been perfect. I love that the, they're creating this little group, and that they're not taking no for an answer. I really liked what they're doing here. Rush, what did you think? Uh, say that again. Uh, the match itself and then the interruption. 
Which one? Hold on, I'm uh, dealing with a <laughs> troll. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, that could be a full time job. Uh, Naomi versus Charlotte last night. I thought the match was fine. It was a little sloppy at parts. Um, I, I don't think it should have been in the main event because of the finish. Mm. I thought they were going to have an actual finish, which, if they were, I think it should have been. Um, it should have been the main event. But um, anyway, I, I thought I thought it was you know I thought it was good. I think these two have a lot of potential to have some great matches, but now it looks like they're going to be kind of on the same side. Yeah, it's interesting where the split is. See, I liked that. I thought the match made uh, both Naomi and Charlotte look good. I like that they held off, like you predicted last week, held off on putting the belt on Charlotte yet. And I even thought with uh, the the girls, oh, and I really hope, are they calling them the welcoming committee? They've used that phrase many times now to refer to this faction. I really hope that doesn't stick. I hope no, they come up with them. I didn't hate it. It didn't pop, but I didn't hate it. Yeah. And James Ellsworth, uh, James Ellsworth is there. <laughs> like, it's kind of weird, right? To have the faction, like these three badass girls. And then like the dude that's just like, yeah, you know, I don't know. It was very, uh, you know what it reminds <laughs> it, it, It's like, yeah, they looked like, like a Motley crew of uh, street villains from like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in like the early nineties would have been like, oh, this is the badass crew that you know is roaming the source and um, again you know like their gimmick is supposed to be that they're like the smackdown natives right and they don't like charlotte coming in right yeah that... tamina brand new but tamina hasn't <laughs> wrestled on smackdown since the brand split um you know carmella's had like six matches maybe yeah <laughs> so it's uh, so outside of natalia it doesn't uh it doesn't jive um but i like that they had them standing tall at the end i thought that it built their presence a bit and if, we, if we're gonna get this as a real story to what you guys said earlier if this is gonna only do a bunch of three on three tag matches yes it's gonna be boring um but if they tell a real story on with this and they keep giving it main event attention um i'm in you know i want to see where it goes and what happens i like that becky didn't run out and choose a side last night so i think that that's where things are going next week um is we'll see uh her either come to charlotte and naomi's defense we, well yeah she's gonna do that she's not gonna join yeah <laughs> the heel faction. Oh, that would be interesting if she did, but I don't think she's going to. Um, see, so I thought the show got better towards the end last night um, after the gender thing. When Jinder stole the title, that was just like, huh, this is weird. And then Brazongo became the number one contender. It was like, okay, this is absurd. And then the thing at the end, I was like, okay, this is the show I'm watching. You know, it, I thought it got stronger as it went on, but never fully recovered from my complete apathy to whatever Randy Orton's doing and that terrible promo that Ziggler cut against Nakamura at the beginning. I, I, I get, yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was kind of uninteresting, but it wasn't necessarily a bad show. I could watch it. I, uh, I you know, outside of the Breezango winning, I wasn't like, this is stupid. Yeah. Um, but it, it did nothing to get me interested going forward. Like, it's, I'm not like, Oh wow. I got to tune in next week. Uh, you know, Raw had been doing that up until this past week with, you know, some of the stuff with Strowman and, and, and their build for him. Um, and really, their feud with the one strong thing they got right now that could be really strong is that AJ Owens feud. And I just feel like they're not giving it the attention that it should get. Next week, man, because Owens has to beat Jericho Sunday at Payback. Yeah. You know. I, and one thing they did make clear here, because, you know, when they first said, like, uh, the Owens Jericho match. 
if you know Jericho wins, he's moving to SmackDown. I think a lot of people, myself included, thought that meant oh, so if Owens loses, he's going back to Raw. That's like whoever the U.S. champion is is on SmackDown. But they made it clear that uh, Owens is staying on SmackDown regardless. And if Jericho wins, he he comes to SmackDown as well. Obviously, he's not, but that's they made that clear. So, Dennis, uh, what did you think uh, last night in particular of the incredibly audible "We Want Becky" chance during that women's main event? It it, it was good. You know, here's here's a, a lady just lately hasn't seemed to get her comeuppance. Uh, the crowd, I think, is starting to recognize that. She's putting in the hard work. She's getting way better. I mean, she's had some sloppy pay-per-view matches in the past, but, you know, this this is the standard get her come up and This is great, and she needs to be in the forefront of whatever feud is going on in SmackDown right now. So, Raj, what do you make of that? Um, what was the dark match last night after 205 Live, by the way? I think it was Nakamura and Dolph Ziggler again. Wow. It, that's been the dark match each week. Yeah. It's interesting, though, how over Becky is and how the fans feel like they're not getting that. Um, I mean, the live attendance fans in particular. It's interesting because there have been multiple weeks when she's off TV and it's, it's noted. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, if it's if this is leading to a bigger storyline between her and Charlotte, I'm all for it. I don't, I don't think you want to throw it all, give it all away in, in one episode. So, so uh, Dennis, uh, overall thoughts last night. Were you happy that you skipped the nightlife in Vegas to, to watch SmackDown Live last night? My wallet was thrilled that I did that. <laughs> I'll say it like that. This was a... I would give this probably a high C plus. Mm. Uh, I thought it was all right. There, the the bad was the bad, but the good was the good. Uh, you know, the Jinder Hall thing really saved it, and I, I you know, I just like the way it ended. So, C plus. Hmm, interesting. High high mark, probably higher than Raj. <laughs> Absolutely higher than Raj. Yeah, I'll give it a C minus. I, I wouldn't, you know, I thought it wasn't quite average, just because. If a, if a wrestling show is supposed to be getting you into the storylines and excited for what's coming next, I thought it was a bad job doing that. But um, it, it at the same time, it, I didn't think it was a bad show. See, watching WWE week in and week out, I would think the purpose is to give you glimmers of hope of the things that you love and then just frustrate the hell out of you the rest of the time. I think that's uh, the MO of the WWE. <laughs> and I don't know. Something needs to... I feel like I care more about how this month this company does uh, financially and what they're booking than they do a lot of times. Yeah. You know, I want their pay-per-views to do well. I want there to be a ton of interest in these pay-per-views. I want them to be pushing the stars that are over with the fans to, to new levels. And, and that translates to, you know, more over crowds and more people being excited for their product. But you know, this is, uh, not how you do it or get really weird with it stop trying to do this weird in between that they're doing i mean just go full go full southpaw with it at this point if you're going to get crazy well they're they're making smackdown such a b show right now and it's just sad to see because they've done this before and what it first thing it leads to is the b show attendance you know the smackdown attendance i mean the pay-per-view numbers don't matter as much anymore but the pay-per-view numbers dropped drastically then the attendance started falling and then it became more of the B show because of that. Then they started moving, make, making sure every big star was on Raw. And anytime there was a big surprise return or something, it was on Raw. Till eventually the brand extension ended and there, it was all back to one brand. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, history will repeat itself if they don't uh, get out of this pattern of making SmackDown the B show. Now, 
there is time. Nakamura still has time to build. AJ's there. Uh, they want to push Baron Corbin. New Day's coming in. Rusev uh, could be an impact player. So uh, I'm not uh, saying it's the total B show yet. We need some more talkers, though. We need some more segments. I mean, even with Cena absent, it feels like there's a lack of people that can get on the mic and captivate. Owens can, just not with this material they're giving him. Even Ziggler. Ziggler, I think, is good um, on the mic, but not with the crap that they're giving him. I'm amazed. You know, a couple months ago, so next week uh, I'll be out. I'll be off Monday night's podcast again. Um, and I, but we'll be back here next Wednesday. I'm actually going to SmackDown Live next Tuesday in Fresno, California. But yeah, man, a couple months ago when tickets went on sale, I said, you know what? I'm going to skip Raw in Sacramento. I'm going to go to the SmackDown house show and do two, two nights of SmackDown events because SmackDown has been, was so good up until a little while ago. Yeah, I think they lost a, they lost a lot with Miz leaving because he was such a good talker that he, he was really entertaining. And um, I, I think Miz might have been their biggest loss in this superstar shakeup. Yeah. You know? Even Dean. I think Dean uh, had some good chemistry. You know, and whatever they put him in, he could, he could make uh, man Dean versus Nakamura. I feel like you know Dean or the Miz, any of those guys, you need, you need a solid dance partner. And I don't think Ziggler is at that level to carry Shinsuke to keep him just mysterious and looking like a badass. I think last night it was a mistake to have him even talk as much as he did. Yeah, yeah. So uh, going into payback this weekend, do we want to do a little rundown of the matches that are set so far, Rod? Yeah, why don't we do a quick rundown? So uh, we got the House of Horrors match. Dennis, how do you think that's going to be? Uh, no contest. Uh, <laughs> I think we kind of covered it. I Gender will come in, and I would be happy if he laid waste to both competitors in this match and make him look even stronger going into the next pay-per-view. I still think Orton's going to win. Um, I could see Gender attacking him after the match, um, but I would think Orton's winning since he's the champ. Bray Wyatt's on the other the other side. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk uh, Owens versus Jericho. Same thing. I know we touched upon that a little bit. Yeah, I think there's no question that Owens is winning. I could see them putting it on. I mean, I don't know. Maybe uh, it goes to Jericho just to surprise people, and then Jericho shows up on SmackDown. They have a rematch, and then find some creative way to write Chris off TV for a while. They could. I, I just, I mean, why flip flop the titles so much when? Honestly, SmackDown could use Jericho right now for, for one episode. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Even, but that'd be one big ratings pop, though, if Jericho was on there for one last going away match. I almost guarantee you the rating would not be affected that much. The ratings are kind of where they're at, you know. Like, uh, unless you get like someone like a Goldberg coming back. Uh, you, you don't see the big fluctuations. It's mostly they peak at the big events. And if something interesting happens, like the superstar shakeup, you'll see the bump. And then if they don't follow through, it's just downhill. But, you know, they could. What might be more interesting would be if Jericho won it and then lost it to someone different on SmackDown. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Um, Dennis, Raw Women's Champion. Bailey versus Alexa Bliss. Who do you got? I'd love to see Bliss. Bliss has been the MVP. I mean, over everybody, Bliss has been the MVP for me. I hope she walks out with it. Well, Bailey's defending in her hometown, so I think that definitely means she's losing. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's been kind of the the WWMO. I think I think Alexa, I think Alexa wins it here. 
Wow. Uh, Bailey in her hometown losing. That'd All right, what do you think, else. Glenn? Well, you know what? It's funny. Part of the reason um, why I decided not to go to payback, one, the pay-per-view prices are just insane compared to the house shows. And I was like, you know what? Watching it on TV, doing the podcast after is actually a better experience than being there for a pay-per-view. Um, but two, a, couple, a little while ago, this was sold out, payback in San Jose. So I think uh, given the wrestling fans with money in the Bay Area and given the knowledge of Bailey, um, and even the fans of NXT, I think uh, she's going to have a hot crowd rooting for her there. So it'll be interesting to see if she loses. Love to Just see like reaction. Sasha had the hot crowd in Boston, right? Yeah. When she lost, uh, she lost her title to Charlotte. Yeah. It's weird, too, because, I mean, I feel like in this area, people that are into wrestling are really into wrestling. So they've been with Bailey since NXT. Um, Someone in the comments mentioning Sasha will turn heel in Bailey's hometown. Agree? I could see that. That'd be cool. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. yeah, and then I don't know where you, who do who do you go with Alexa? Um, I guess you could go with Mickey James, Nia Jax, just because of size difference. Like yeah. that would be impressive. But then it's, it's like heel versus heel. That's true. And they usually don't do that. But Alexa, though, I could see Alexa doing you know sort of a tweener, uh, doing more sort of an anti-hero face, like a Steve Austin sort of thing, the female version of that. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't like that dynamic with her and Nia, but. Yeah. Um, Hey, someone saying Emma. Yeah, he could do that. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, well, I'll but Emma's kind of a heel, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, it'd it probably turn into a triple threat with Bailey uh, wanting a rematch, Sasha, Sasha, and then Alexa Bliss. Yeah. Um, I say get the title off of Bailey and rebuild her because they've done a terrible job with her over the last mm -hmm. four or five months. Uh, Cruiserweight Championship: Neville versus Austin Aries. Uh, Raj, what do you think? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say they keep it on Neville. I don't know, man. I think it could be Aries' time. Dennis, Dennis, who are you rooting for? I'd like to see Neville hold on to it just a little bit longer and still build up this Austin Aries chasing thing. I really like the position he's in and how he's pulling this off. Yeah. The problem is they don't do the secondary feuds that well in in, in the Cruiserweight Classic because I'd like to see Austin move away get over more um, with like a TJ Perkins. But, you know, the problem is they don't do those slow builds. They would just do that match the very next week, and they just did it last week. So, um, yeah. Although Neville and Aries, I feel like that's the storyline car carrying uh, the cruiserweights, at least from, from the main shows. Yeah, but I think if you took went away for it for a little bit, have give Neville a new challenger, Aries, get Aries hot, rebuild him as a top guy, and then challenging Neville again, closer to SummerSlam, uh, you know? And then you do the title change, because then Neville will, will have had a, like a pretty decent run and, and be pretty dominant to where that title change would really mean something. Yeah. Uh, the Raw Tag Teams, Hardy Boys versus Cesaro and Sheamus. Uh, Dennis, who do you think goes over in this? I would love to see Cesaro and Sheamus win this. I, you know, the Hardy Boys this run right now, it's just falling a little bit flat for me until they go back to this deletion character. I'm, I'm okay with letting someone else hold on to the belts for a little bit. So, yeah, but I think it's way too soon for the Hardys to drop the title. And they just won it last month. I mean, this month, <laughs> it was just earlier this month. So I think, I think you got to have the Hardys go over. What about uh Raj Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman? Man, I got to say Braun. I mean, that's the only one that makes sense, even though usually when Roman gets his ass kicked like that, that means he wins. But uh, 
I, I, you know, what I would do is just have him taped up and sell those injuries from that ambulance attack. I, they did. A, I'm glad that they kept him off of TV. I don't know if this last week was on purpose or not because of Roman's brother passing away. He was at raw, but um, I think, uh, you know, having Roman selling those injuries and then getting beat and I would say get beat clean uh, and Braun just destroying that shoulder. I think that's the way to do it. And Braun goes on to Lesnar. Uh, Roman goes on to, you know, Roman's still going to be facing Braun at live events because Lesnar's not there. And then you go back to Roman and Braun at SummerSlam. Mm, Dennis, what do you think? I hope Braun wins. And not because <laughs> I hate Roman, but you have built this monster up so much over the last month. You can't just write it off. And if, if I was a writer, and I'm not, but this is my opinion, I might even have Strowman attack uh, Roman before the show or you know, in the middle of the show and have Roman maybe try to crawl out and not quite make the 10 count. That way you kind of protect them both and you still have Braun going over as a monster and Roman is still selling those injuries. It'll be interesting to see if the crowd response is different at all for Roman for this one, just because his brother did just pass away. Oh, yeah. um, probably not, but he, he didn't like when they mentioned his name on raw this past Monday night, you know, there were let's go Roman chants in the crowd and he didn't seem as a, uh, you know, uh, loudly universally as usual. Yeah. Um, no, it, it's definitely, uh, I think helps him appear more. So, or be, yeah, he is more sympathetic as a result of that. Um, Seth Rollins versus Samoa Joe. Raj, what do you think? I think, I think Joe should win. I could, I could see them going with Rollins easy, but I, I think Joe should win. Cause he's wasn't even on the WrestleMania card. He hasn't wrestled on pay-per-view yet. So I think it, Makes sense. It makes sense for him to win, but you know, they there's all those times where the one ending makes sense and they go the other way. That's true. Dennis, who do you got? You know, you know, on Monday night, I said I really think Seth Rollins will win, and I'm I'm gonna still lean that way. I don't know how this is gonna end it. I don't know how they'll finish it to protect them both, but I think at the end, Seth Rollins really pulls this out. Unless you see a Triple H sighting, which everything's possible. I think the Triple H Seth Rollins thing is done. Mm-hmm. Kickoff show. Enzo and Cass versus Gals and Anderson. Ah, uh, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Bathroom break. Yeah. Gals and Anderson. Yeah. <clears throat> it's interesting just to have that on the kickoff. Oh, the other thing we're going to have on the kickoff show, uh, do you think this is going to set something up with uh, Finn Balor doing a Miz TV segment on the pre-show? I thought that was interesting booking and spacing of that Raj do you th- think that could potentially be a feud in the making I don't know because they've been they've been kind of going heavy with Miz and Dean Ambrose yeah so do they just and and they haven't had a pay-per-view match yet so uh it, yeah I guess it it uh I I I would think so wait who is uh so Dean Ambrose isn't wrestling he's not on this pay-per-view at all uh Finn Balor's got Bray Wyatt, but I doubt they'd do anything with Bray Wyatt. So, yeah, I'm kind of curious where they go. If they went with Miz and Finn Balor, that might not be a bad idea because Finn Balor's been a little cold since his return. Yeah, I feel like maybe this is them trying Finn out with different people to see what gets the biggest reaction. Yeah. You know, like he could go anywhere now uh, with this. Dennis, what do you think? Uh, do you like that idea of Finn versus The Miz? I think it would be entertaining. You know, The Miz can make anybody look good and, you know, you, you got to have a Miz on the pay-per-view. He's entertaining. He's a talker. 
you know, and maybe this is where you build Balor back up and have him go over in the Miz in a, you know, a, a tax segment on, you know, Miz TV. Yeah. Someone made a good, uh, good, had a, had a good idea with Jack O'Bean 14 said, uh, you could have Finn Balor's demon interfere in that house of horrors match. Oh yeah. That'd be you, if they are still going with, uh, Finn Balor and Bray Wyatt. That's Someone's reminding idea. me that Samoa Joe did have one pay-per-view match. He he did face Sami Zayn on that one. Oh, that's WrestleMania. Right. Um, yeah, man. Payback. That's that's payback. When, when we go over the card like this, I have to admit the pay-per-view sounds better than I thought. Yeah, it, it, you look at the matches and they're not bad. It's just the build has been like if you would not know last Monday that. It, you would almost completely forget that there's a pay-per-view this Sunday and it did nothing to get you interested in it, but there's, there's some good stuff on the show. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you, maybe part of it is also like the complete WTF uh, reaction to how backlash is shaping up. And the fact that we've got what three or four weeks still backlash where it's just like, Oh man, maybe payback's not looking so bad right now. <laughs> and it, it'll be good after this week because they can finally, they're finally like separate the brands, you know, yeah. they don't have these cross brand tie-ins. So, so that'll be good. Yeah. So what else is happening uh, in wrestling? This week? Oh, well, it looks like a lot of people are coming into WWE. Um, Crazy Steve finished up with Impact Wrestling. Um, he was a member of the Decay. He was in the menagerie before. So... Yeah, I guess he'll be starting up by the end of the summer. Um, and Adam Cole, his ROH contract resp- expires this weekend. Oh, wow. And uh, he's there's an interview up that he did with ESPN. It's up on Wrestling Inc. this morning. You can check out some of the highlights there. But, you know, he's he's saying, you know, he'd be interested to going, you know, if he, if, if he were to sign with WWE, he'd want to go to NXT first uh, before making it to the main roster. They got TakeOver in Chicago coming up, so... I could easily see Adam Cole popping up there. And then uh, Gunner, uh, we exclusively reported that uh, yesterday that uh, Gunner uh, will be taking his physicals, his WWE physicals. And if he passes, he's, he's, they're going to bring him in. Wow. A lot of TNA, you know, they went from that no TNA policy to, you know, you look at, you look at their roster now, it's tons of TNA guys. So good for them because TNA had, you know, in their peak, they had a ton of, a ton of great talent. It's so weird to not call them TNA. Yeah. Get used to saying impact, right? Um, well, I think, you know, they're, they're doing this GFW impact wrestling merger. I almost think you should call it GFW. Cause I feel like a, a, a wrestling promotion, it, just with the three letters, it just sounds better. And it, it makes it feel more like a real sports type of league. You know, I, I mean, there's a handful of sports leagues that don't do the three letters, NASCAR. Uh, but for the most part, the, the biggest ones, you know, N- N- NBA, MLB, uh, NFL, UFC, you got the three letters. And I think I think they should do that with, with Impact. You call it GFW is the company name. Impact Wrestling is the show name. Uh, so let's talk for a moment about the NXT cuts that have been announced. Yeah, yeah. So Josh Bradle, Tough Enough winner. Uh, who who are the Tough Enough winners that have actually made it? Is it just John Morrison? I mean, uh, Jackie Gaeta had a short stint. I mean, Maven was there for that, 
run that I mean that are still yeah. around today. Oh, they're still around today. Yeah. Uh, good question. Yeah. So I mean, the the curse continues. The winners never go anywhere because Sarah Lee was the other. She won the the female contract. Uh, Josh Bradel, who was Bronson Matthews in the NXT, won the male contract. And yeah, they're both gone. So there you go. But Mandy Rose is there. Patrick uh, Clark having the last laugh. Patrick Clark, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was clear why they went with Josh. You know, he had the size and everything. But I, I thought the whole show, you could tell that Patrick Clark was the most talented guy there. Yeah, it's so weird. It's it's Tough Enough is maybe the most... I mean, you think that uh, week in, week out, Raw and SmackDown are frustrating. Tough Enough is a very frustrating show to watch as it unfolds. Well, yeah, because you throw the fan voting in there and you get some like ZZ making it to the end, <laughs> you know? So, um, and he, who, who was also gone. Yeah. So anyway, it's, it, it's a show that you can't use it, it uh, to promote another season because no one that's won that show has done anything. You know what would be a better John Morrison. show, honestly? I think if they took, I think if, um, I don't know if they would ever do this, but I think you take, you take the jobber, you take the jobbers do find some way to do a show with them and you basically do it as a reality show with competitions for a title shot i think that would be an interesting look yeah in the yeah i think you know what i think you take guys that have been released uh you know guys that are up and coming indie guys and you put them in something almost like the cruiserweight classic where they have a 10 minute match and then fans vote who they thought was most impressive. And then they have a judge's vote for who's most impressive and you advance that way. And then it's, you know, it's people that are already um, kind of established and it can give, you know, someone that was released a second chance or, you know, someone that's up and coming a, a big push right off the bat. And they already know their trade. They already know this, the, how to wrestle. So you're not going to get all these people just falling off right off the bat. I like That's that an idea. Yeah. With, but with people that were released, I love that idea. That would be at a whole different dynamic to it. Right. Yeah. We'll see. I'm sure it goes in cycles, right? Probably only another year or two until someone gets the idea to bring tough enough back again. Right. Well, the ratings weren't so hot. So yeah. if they did it, it, it would have, they'd have to find a cost effective way to make it worth something on the WWE network. Unless, it, you know, USA networks numbers drop and, and they need it. <laughs> they really, I don't know, man, <laughs> if TV keeps going, I mean, look where TV is now as opposed to 10 years ago. Right. Yeah. Legacy franchises still only get, get more and more valuable as time goes on. Um, and so there were a couple other uh, NXT releases. Um, gosh, let me double check. I'm, I'm forgetting the lady's name. She was the backstage interviewer. Yeah. And I think she's already like with the, the dolphins or some other Florida sports team doing. She was with them before. Oh, gotcha. And uh, she was hired by WWE. Uh, Chris Atkins, is that his name? I'm all, I'm, I'm Sounds familiar. Forgetting. But yeah, so there's been a few. So I don't know if they're doing that just to make room for the new guys. But um, but yeah, that's... Uh, so there's uh, new, ta- new blood coming in. Adam Cole, uh, he could be somebody. So he's someone to keep an eye on. Absolutely. Uh, Dennis, anything you want to plug before we take it home here? You know, keep an eye out this week on the uh, iTunes feed, by the way. Subscribe, rate five stars, and leave a comment. It helps uh, wrestling move up the algorithms and up the uh, 
up the rankings and helps us get better interviews and whatnot, we will have the first edition of myself and former X Division champion PD Williams podcast. So really excited about that. Cool, Someone man. pointing out that it's Andrea that was released, the backstage interviewer. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, if you guys, we could add, answer one or two questions real quick if you guys have some. Um, but, uh, oh yeah, also Kylo Riley, Leo Rush, Donovan Dijak. Uh, there's a lot of ROH people that WWE has expressed interest in. There's rumors that ROH had sent out some sort of legal letter for them not to tamper, so they're, they're waiting the 90 days after their ROH contracts are up before uh, making any offers. I don't know if that's the case for um, Adam Cole. Um, yeah, someone saying Rusev versus Orton as the next feud. Uh, I mean, that's kind of what it would be if he's demanding a title shot unless they do it for the U.S. title. Uh, what do you guys think of that storyline with Rusev de demanding a title shot? You think they give into it? Because that makes the management look like kind of weak. Yeah, I, I think you. I don't know. I think you see something where they'll make Rusev jump through a little hoop or something, so right. they can save face, and you'll have Daniel Bryan like, "Whoa, nobody bosses us around." So right. you might see something like that, but I think you still see leading up to that Rusev demanding, which will make Rusev look pretty strong when he comes back. Yeah, I, I could totally see them saying, "Okay, it is land opportunity. We don't just give out title shots, but you got to face so and so. If you win that match, you get a title match." Something right. like that. What was, what was in the lockbox with Shane and Vince McMahon? <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't know. Um, yeah, that was that was such a weird thing. Oh, I know what. Uh, speaking of uh, Vince McMahon, we didn't touch on it. Vince McMahon biopic is happening at TriStar Pictures, not a WWE Studios film. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they have WWE involvement though, because it could be it's a totally different movie with WWE involvement. Uh, as opposed to if it's completely independently done. Yep. I can't wait for that. The Rock will probably play Vince McMahon, and you'll have <laughs> Triple H play Triple H. So this will be great. Sami Zayn will be in it, and you know everybody will be in it somehow. If it, if it was a Studios film, I could absolutely see them like casting The Miz <laughs> or Fandango as Vince McMahon, and uh, it just being really awkward, like a really, really awkward. But I, I think I would actually love that more. Well, I wonder if it's more his... Uh, his early taking over WWF because they can't cover all you know the yeah. last 30 40 years but um yeah I, I i i think it's overdue i'm gonna watch it but uh you know if how, how involved wwe is changes the story greatly you're not gonna have as much on the, the steroids and the ruthless business practices and stuff like that it'll be more of a uh, a guy from the trailers making it and becoming a billionaire and you know giving it and creating this entertaining product that millions of fans enjoy. Um, yeah. If, if it's the early years, I'm really rooting for a uh, hornswoggle to play baby Shane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I can almost like William Shatner reminds me of Vince McMahon a lot of times, but he doesn't have that Jack physique. Um, so if it's an older guy, if it's his old, older days, then throw, put William Shatner and CGI on like, uh, you know, gender's body. <laughs> McMahon should play himself, man. Just at all ages, too. They should like <laughs> put a wig on and make him look younger. Uh, can't, that, that can't be done anymore. That, he looks, he looks really <laughs> old. Uh, I think it'll be good, and we'll see. But they do have the life rights, so they do have uh, his sign off on it. And um, 
yeah, there's some serious producers behind it. So we'll see. I think in the right hands, this could be Oscar bait. So we'll see how it turns out. We'll see. Yeah. Hey, everyone loved the wrestler. Wrestler, you know. The wrestler was an awesome movie, but that's because yeah. and, and WWE didn't like the wrestler at first because they thought it, it put pro wrestling in a negative light. But once it got all the Oscar nods, then they started to embrace it a lot more. Yeah, definitely. So we shall see. Anything else before we take it home here, Raj? I think we're good. Cool, man. So thanks for everyone for tuning in once again to the Wrestling Inc. podcast. We'll be back here Sunday night, immediately after payback. Myself, Raj, Mr. Matt Morgan, talking about everything. Hey, look at it this way. The next time we all meet, we'll know exactly what a House of Horrors match is. The mystery will finally be solved. Uh, in the meantime, be sure to follow Wrestling Inc. on Twitter. You can also follow Raj, Dennis, and myself. As Dennis mentioned, please do leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps spread the word about the show greatly. And uh, until next time, folks, we'll see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care.